Hi, and welcome to the Frugal Debt-Free Life Podcast. I'm your host, Lydia Sin. Eight years ago, my husband and I paid off a mountain of debt, and we made every financial mistake you could make, and we continue to make mistakes and learn from them because money like life is messy and none of it fits inside of a cash envelope. So if you're ready for a grace-filled money discussion, you have come to the right place. Hey everyone, I hope you're having the best day. Today I'm going to be talking with my friend Kellyanne Smith from YouTube and the blog Freedom in a Budget. We've been internet friends for a while and today we're going to be talking about her story. So how she went from being totally broke and feeling broken to debt-free and teaching other people how to manage their money. So let's just jump in on this conversation. Today, I am here with my friend Kelly from Freedom in a Budget. I have known Kelly. Kelly, how long have we been internet friends? Like oh, seven goodness. years? I've been not quite, no. I think more around five. I think I like started to really get to know you like in, maybe a year after I started, and I started six years ago. Okay. Well, I'm crazy about Kelly. She's great. <laughs> um, she has a YouTube channel, Freedom in a Budget and a website to go with it, and a thriving internet community. Um, But tell me a little bit about you and your background. Yeah, so I used to struggle with money big time. I was deep in debt. I never learned about money. I never learned how to manage it or anything like that. My mom actually passed away when I was 16. And just when those money conversations would typically start starting about college and student loans and credit cards and car payments, all that stuff. And my dad didn't know anything about that. So I kind of was just blindsided about everything. I packed up my car at 18 after I graduated high school because I lived in a super small town with not even a real stoplight. We had a blinking yellow and red light. It was small. So I need to get out of there because everyone knew everything about me. And I moved to Florida and I just took on student loans, bought a brand new car and did not know anything about budgeting at all. Got deep in debt, had my car repossessed, power turned off multiple times and it was a struggle. And then I realized, all right, we got to get our butt in gear. So I decided to put my whole life on the internet and I saw other people doing it. So I said, if they can do it, then I can do it. And that's what was a light bulb for me and a total switch 360 for me. All right. So let's circle back to your car being repossessed. Cause I think that we all have a, you know, bottom of the barrel moment. Mine was mm-hmm. when I had to pay my water bill and change and I was mm-hmm. short 27 cents. And the lady behind the counter was like, Oh baby. Oh sweetie. Oh honey. I will give you 27 <laughs> cents because I literally was like change from my car change from the couch, like just the random jar of change. And mm-hmm. that, that was a pretty low point for me. So talk a little bit about your car being repossessed and how, how that dominoed. Yeah. So I remember clear as day, like still remember this day walking out my apartment and my car wasn't there. And so I was like, that's weird. And sometimes I would park in like a guest spot if someone was in my spot. So I walked over there to see if my car was in guest. Nope, wasn't in guest. So I called the police and said, hey, my car was stolen. And so they were like, okay, like what kind of car? What's your name? Blah, blah, blah. And the lady goes like, um, ma'am, 
your car was not stolen. It was repossessed last night. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I then called a coworker that lives close by to drive me to work. Cause I was like, well, I still got to work. We got to, you know, we'll figure this out tonight. Mm -hmm. And so went to work and, you know, was calling the, the, the dealership and the finance company, the tow truck company, all that stuff. And it was going to cost me a thousand dollars to get it out of repossession between the money I had to pay for the car loan plus the repossession cost. I think it was like $200 to the tow truck company, all that stuff. And I had to humble myself and walk into my boss's office, who was the owner of the company. And it was a small company, about a hundred people and walked into the owner's office and say, so my car was repossessed this morning. Is there anything that you can do for me? I need a pay advance. And I was a manager of the store, of the, of the place. And so, you know, he was totally blind. He was like, you're a manager. Like, what do you mean? And it was a hundred percent poor money management of not being on a budget. There was times where I would pay extra to my car loan. And so in my head, I was like, oh, I paid extra. I paid extra. Mm-hmm. We're good. We're good. But I just wasn't logging into the account. I wasn't logging. And apparently months had gone by and I hadn't paid. And so they repossessed it. And looking back now, this is why I'm so passionate about budgeting mm-hmm. and so passionate about being in control of your finance finances. So you don't have these stupid moments. If I was just keeping a budget every single month, I would have known that I was past due and I would have just been able to pay it. So now I had to go into the red and had to get this pay advance to pay all this extra money. I had to pay a thousand dollars versus the $300 car payment, which I had the $300 car payment, but didn't have the thousand dollars. And it was a low, low point for me and really a turning point. So what was it like the first time you sat down to make a budget? It was overwhelming. It was, you know, it was really overwhelming of going through all of my different bank statements and cards and receipts and all this stuff. And I remember just being like, oh my gosh, there's so much spending. There's so much going on. I'm in the red. And it really was scary of finding out those things. And I even had student loans that were in default. So there were some that after a month or so, after I started getting on board and better at budgeting, I couldn't even pay some of my debt because it was in default. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I just want to pay you guys. And you're like, yeah, you have to go through this program and this program and get it out of default and all this stuff. And it was so discouraging and really scary and just lonely of not knowing how to to manage it. And I didn't have, like I said, I didn't have anyone in my life that taught me anything about money that I could really call. Sure, I could have called aunts and uncles, but I was too prideful for that. I was, you know, living on my own in Florida and they all thought I was doing great. Yeah, I think there's so much shame around money. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's not polite to talk about money. And therefore, when you're going through a really difficult time, you don't feel like you're able to reach out to people and have those honest discussions, which I think is why it's so important for there to be people like you on yeah. the internet, sharing your stories and encouraging people. Because you, like as a single woman, went mm-hmm. in there and cleaned up your situation and you didn't quit. And it's so, it's so hard that sometimes Mm -hmm. it feels like it would be easier to just give up, but you kept pressing. So how did you stay motivated? YouTube. 
Yeah. So I started my YouTube channel for accountability and learning. And it was a combination of accountability. Like at that point, I was spending all my budget report cards, every penny that I was spending out on the internet. And there was times where I'm like, I don't want to spend that because I'm going to have to report about it and talk about it. And so I was like, we're not going to get Chick-fil-A today, or I'm not going to go to Ross today and get a cute shirt because I have to talk about it when I should be putting that to my student loans. But also as I was learning, I was sharing what I was learning. So I was like, all right, guys, I just learned about sinking funds. Let's talk about sinking funds. This is what I learned. This is how I'm doing it. This is how I'm mm-hmm. adapting it to myself. And so it really helped me just to keep on educating myself because I wanted content. And so it was a really cool cycle of learning for myself and then teaching others. And that's also why I'm so passionate about my channel and educating people on the internet. Like I was too prideful to reach out to family, to friends Mm -hmm. or anything for help. And I saw it other people on YouTube and that's really how I learned. So I want to be that education for people. If they're too embarrassed to go to people or they never learned about it. And I hate to be harsh, but to give some tough love of, you know, it's a 21st century, the internet's out there, we can't use the excuse of my family never taught me, or I didn't learn about it in school. I get it. But educate yourself and, you know, put in the time and, and learn from people that have been there. We're not, we're not talking from a high horse. We're not, you know, we weren't born into millionaire families. We, we struggled. We had to pay our our bills and change and had our car repossess. And we've definitely been there. And you learn from it and you grow. I, that's something that I, it's not your fault that nobody taught you, but we all walk around with phones in our back pockets now, mm-hmm. which connects us to any piece of information we could ever mm-hmm. want. And that's why I think it's so great that there are people like you out there willing to educate people. And then you've taken your channel mm-hmm. and it's really become a career for you now, which is really exciting. Do mm-hmm. you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I When I started my YouTube channel, I'll be honest, I knew that you could make money from it. And I saw that people would, you know, was making money from it. And I probably wouldn't have started if I didn't know that going into it. But I never thought it would turn into what it is. Like I thought maybe, you know, hundred bucks a month, like that's amazing. But I never thought that I would be making a full-time income from it and be able to quit my day job to run it full-time. And it's been just so cool of seeing how the community has come around me. And we have built these amazing friendships from other YouTube creators, other bloggers, and then also community members. Like Mm -hmm. I have, you know, some people that have commented and watched my videos for years that I know personally. And it's, it's such an amazing community. And it's been so cool to do something that I love of being able to, you know, educate people, support people, encourage people, but also make a living Mm -hmm. so that I can support my family and now stay home with my daughter and be home for her, which is just amazing. I think it's harder than people realize. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that we all have this idea of, I'm going to put up a few videos and make some money. And it. It, it's quite possibly the hardest work, not uh, not physically, but like it's a grind because you, you oh, it's harder than up. my day job was. Yeah, you have to constantly be coming up with new ideas, and and YouTube sometimes feels like oh, like a really bad boyfriend who loves you one minute <laughs> and then won't talk to you the next, and you're like, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we had to like 
I don't know about you, but I'm sure same case for you. We had to learn everything on our own. Mm -hmm. We had to learn graphic design. We had to learn video editing. We had to learn audio and, you know, how to engage an audience and to write. Like I have a learning disability. I am not a good writer. I'm not good at, you know, all that stuff. It is a struggle for me to write a blog post, even sometimes a YouTube description or an Instagram description. It's a struggle, but we've had to hustle and push through it, which really sucks sometimes. You're doing such a great job there. So what is your favorite thing to talk about in in all the things that you cover? Because you cover, like you said, sinking funds, but also how to save money on groceries and things that are going on in like the personal finance realm. What is your favorite topic? It's actually changed. My, My favorite topic has become helping other people make money in entrepreneurship and different side hustles. And I was in the mindset for so long. And I can tell that a lot of my audience is still in that mindset because of the comments that I get. And I'm trying to help them kind of break through it. But they're in such a mindset of save, 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 and cut every penny and cut, 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 cut. And it gets to a point where you can only cut so much from your budget. And at that point, you need to grow your income. And if you're living in that mindset of I'm always going to live paycheck to paycheck, I'm always going to be, you know, struggling money, it's generational, our family has always struggled. And I'll never have that great life, then you will always live in that. But if you have the mindset of, we can have a really fun and amazing life and do amazing things with our money. And then it's amazing of what opportunities come your way and what things that you can do to grow your income. Um, I remember hearing a quote years ago, or talk or someone that talked about of, you know, rich people and that they're selfish and this and that. And he said, I would rather give, you know, as a millionaire, 10% of my income to charity or the church or whatever, than my 30,000 income and give 10% to the church, you know, like, as your income grows, you're able to do bigger things but bigger things giving wise as well. So not just selfishly or going on vacations or buying fancy cars or buying fancy houses, but the things that we've been able to do giving wise because we have grown our income has been amazing. And one of the biggest things that inspires my husband and I to work hard is so that we're able to do more and more cool opportunities with helping others. That's awesome, Kelly. I love to hear that because wealth is important. We want to be able to provide for ourselves. We want to be able Mm -hmm. to provide for our children and not be a burden to them when we're old. But one of the benefits of money management is being Mm -hmm. able to be generous with others, particularly Mm -hmm. if you have a generous spirit. I don't have a generous spirit, but I'm married to someone who does. (laughs) And it's, it's been wonderful to get to see him do things that otherwise we wouldn't have been able to do before yeah. when we were struggling. Like last week, our church has Awanas. Have you ever heard of Awanas? Yeah. I've been in part of Awana. Yeah. We teach, our kids are all in it and we teach on Wednesday nights and they do the Awana store. So the kids every week, they get their mm-hmm. little Awana bucks and yep. Jason said, let's do snacks. So he said, I'm going to go to Sam's and pick up a few snacks for the kids to get with their fake money. And he comes, he comes home and he opens the back of his little SUV and it's floor to ceiling. Mm. Honey, did you leave any granola bars for <laughs> else? 
in the store. And he was like, the church will do something with it if, if there's any leftover. And they did. They ended up donating, donating it to one of those backpack ministries mm-hmm. um, so kids can have food over the weekend. But there was a time when we wouldn't have been able to buy one granola bar, let alone yeah. all, the, all the granola bars and Sam's. I say that jokingly. But so it's really sweet to watch him get to step into that like calling of having a generous spirit. Yeah. He has, we have the means. And it's work. not putting a damper on your marriage because I've seen times where people like one spouse is a super giver, which they want to give they have the right heart. But then the other spouse is managing the money and they're like, we can't afford that. Whereas yeah. when you can afford it, you can be like, okay, yeah, that's awesome. Jesse Fearon talks about that in her book, Getting Good with Money, and I'll leave a link mm-hmm. in the show notes, but going into the store and buying a box of cake mix to give to the mm-hmm. food pantry and it being the biggest money fight that she and her husband had. Wow. And it's a really interesting chapter. So if anyone hasn't read that book, I highly recommend it. But Kelly, what are three things that you would say to someone who is just starting out? Like, what are your top three tips for getting in control of your finances? Number one is track your spending, track Mm -hmm. all every, all your spending, do it every couple of days so that it doesn't become a burden and a hassle and it takes you an hour and you hate it. But if you do it every couple of days, it's going to take you five minutes. Um, And then going into that, I'll cheat and do a part two for that. Uh, When you're tracking your, your money, every couple of days, then you can adjust your budget throughout the month. So if you're waiting to the end of the month to track all your spending, you could have gone way over your grocery budget and spent $600 when you only had $400 for groceries. But if you're tracking it throughout the month, halfway through the month, you can say, hey, we're going over budget. We need to adjust mm-hmm. and we need to, to pivot and have a eat from, eat from the pantry challenge or something like that. Um, so that's number one and two. Number three is find ways to make more money, find ways to increase your income, even if it's little side hustles or, um, online or babysitting or Uber eats or Instacart, whatever it is, find ways to grow your income, pick them over time. And that's really going to help you to reach your goals so much faster. Okay. One of the things you were mentioning, bringing in extra income. So that's why I started my VA business, virtual assisting, Mm -hmm. because I needed to bring in some extra money so that we could Mm -hmm. have our debt faster and just be able to go on a date because we were very Mm -hmm. low income when we were paying off our debt. And that's what I do full time. Now I'm going back to school to do something else. And my Mm -hmm. husband said, are you going to quit? doing virtual assisting when you step into your new career. And I said, no way, (laughs) no way. Um, As long as it's something I'm able to do, I'm going to continue to do it because having multiple income streams never hurts, particularly in this economy. All right. So Kelly, thank you so much for hanging out with me. So tell us uh, where we can find you and what you have going on, because I know you have a couple of programs that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So first, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. You're always so much fun to sit down with and chat with. (laughs) So my YouTube channel is Kelly Ann Smith. Um, Blog is freedominabudge.com. And then I have a couple of courses. I have one called Dreaming of Profitable, which is my entrepreneur course teaching you how I've done what I've, what I've done and how I'm able to make a online income and quit my job and how you can do it a lot faster than I did and not make the mistakes that I did. 
And then I have a course on how to save money on groceries as well, which is just a fun little course on meal prepping and different hacks and different ways that you can save money at the grocery store. That's awesome. So I'm going to leave all of this information in the show notes. You can find Kelly, like she said, on her blog, on YouTube and on Instagram. And you have an email newsletter too, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I do. It comes out on Fridays. <laughs> Friday morning. comes out couple different depends on when I write it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I read it every time it comes out and I think it's great. All right. Well, Kelly, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Okay. That's it. I hope this conversation has inspired you to know that no matter where you are today, that it's not the place where you have to stay when it comes to managing personal finances. You know, personal finance is a skill. Learning how to manage your money is a skill. And think of all the life skills that you have that someone taught you. You know, how to drive a car, how to cook a basic meal, how to do laundry. Those aren't things that you inherently know how to do. And yet we treat personal finance like it's something that you inherently need to know how to do. No questions asked. And that's not realistic. So ask questions. Seek out information. Look up what you don't know, continue to learn about personal finance and continue to grow in that realm as a person. But thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I would love it if you would leave a review. You can swipe over the artwork if you're listening on Apple Podcast or Spotify and leave a review. That's how people find the show. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Lydia Sin and at frugaldebtfreelife.com backslash podcast where you will hear this and any episode you might have missed. So thank you for being here. I have loved chatting with you and I'll see you soon.